0: Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your healthcare. So today, I want to talk about touch. Now, the reason why I want to talk about touch is because it's an extremely important aspect of life. We have all of these sensory perception mechanisms in our skin that tells our brain there's been some type of stimulation, and that is our sense of touch. Some people People are more sensitive than others, but there are so many reasons why our sense of touch is an important aspect of life. One, it lets us know where we are in our place in the world because we can associate and correlate our environment to ourselves that we know that we exist. Touch is input to the brain that causes it to do something, to think, to act, to respond, and to make that person act and interact with its environment. Also, there have been studies and reports from Romania from orphans that once little kids receive touch, then they are more able to thrive. Then if children do not receive touch, they are more likely to not live as infants. Also, whenever somebody has a preemie in the hospital, when they're born and they go into an incubator, what does the hospital staff tell the parents or the caregivers? Take that baby out of their incubator, put them directly on your skin. So parents, siblings, friends, family, staff, volunteers, they will come in and hold that baby to have their skin directly on their skin so that way they can feel that they exist. They can get that stimulation that provides that support and nourishment to their sensory system so that way they will be willing to survive. Because a lot of times when infants don't get touched, they don't get any kind of stimulation, they don't get held, they end up with more problems, they have failure to thrive, and they actually die. Touch is huge. It's really sad that in this culture, especially in generations back, that children were supposed to be seen and not heard. Well, not only that, but children were not to be touched unless they were hit. And that's not fair either because then the only kind of attention that they get physically is by getting yelled at, by getting hit, or by being in trouble. Well, that's not fair either. So what happens when you have a society full of a bunch of little kids who, when they're little, they're allowed to hug and jump on you and sit on your lap and things like that. But when they grow up, that's not important and that's not appropriate anymore. So then what happens? Well, especially when you have parents who aren't there, like because it's a single parent home or maybe just both adults have to work. And so there's not really as much physical interaction. Kids get older and you don't hug them anymore. Well, then those kids are still seeking out that physical touch. So then they get it from their friends. So then maybe the only way that they're allowed to get away with touching anybody is by beating somebody up at school. So then you end up with the boys who aren't allowed to have any kind of physical contact and touch, who are just rough and tumble kind of guys at school. And then they get in trouble for beating each other up, who just reach out and touch who they want to without being taught appropriate. and what happens in a society like that. We end up with Me Too and that's not supportive for anyone. And it's really because they're just seeking out that sense of touch so that way they know how to acknowledge where they exist in the world. Then what else happens? Well, then kids grow up and then they start becoming sexually active because they want to be able to touch somebody else. They want to be able to be touched and that's the only way that they can find that's appropriate for them to do it. And maybe some people don't think that that's appropriate but society definitely... Definitely doesn't condemn teenagers from having sex because how often doesn't happen. And even those people then maybe grow up and they want to have children of their own, just so that way they can have somebody that they can hold and cuddle and things like that. Something else is that people are taught that sex is okay, but cuddling isn't, right? How many, how many people, how many guys to be stereotypical about it have been taught? And this is not as much now as it as it has been in the past. But you know, you're not supposed to cuddle. So even just sex is just like quick, boom. Done. Done, and that's it. And that you, know, you just have that sexual kind of release, but they don't actually get that, that hugging, holding, cuddling kind of thing. But then when you look at an older, not necessarily an older generation, but somebody who has become older in their chronological age, well, then they hug more and they hold hands more and maybe they don't have sex as often because that's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for that companionship with skin to skin contact, skin stimulation of touch. Now, I'm a board certified body worker. A lot of times people ask me, well, what is a body worker? that that doesn't make sense to them, a body worker, well, somebody who works the tissues of the body, which means essentially like a massage therapist, but I'm more than a massage therapist. I don't just give massages. There are so many different ways that people give massages and there are all different kinds of styles and techniques and specialty certifications and, you know, all different kinds of pressures and intentions and can go from like Reiki isn't even touching the skin. There's energetic methods that are above the body, but depending on how sensitive somebody is, if their eyes are closed, they can actually feel where the other person's hands are above their body because they can actually sense the energy from it. So that's still, in a way, a form of touch. It's an energetic touch. And you can also do, there's a Swedish technique, which is mostly just on the surface of the skin. But then there are also rolfing and deeper tissue layers. There's deep tissue, there's heavier pressures, there's visceral manipulation, which is essentially applying pressures to the organs in the body to stimulate the the organs and the natural Flow and motility, which is the movement of the organs on their initial embryological access, which means that when the body is forming and the organs get created and then they move to where their final location is supposed to be, they actually still always move. And maybe, you know, you grow up and you don't really pay attention to that and you don't realize that your organs are actually moving back and forth inside of you, but they are. And then when you have some kind of trauma where an adhesion forms, where one part maybe gets sticky to another. part and it's almost like a scar tissue stickiness in there where the fascia which is kind of like a saran wrap coating if you've ever seen chicken breast when you're cutting that up if you make chicken for a meal then there's like that layer like coating kind of thing that's on top of the chicken and it's not really fat or anything like that it's just kind of like a I call it like a saran wrap that goes on all of your tissues and muscles and fats and everything in your body it's the fascia a lot of people don't even associate things with fascia like Like, uh, say, for example, a surgeon, the surgeon is more concerned after the surgery is over. Of course, they want a successful surgery. They want, you know, whatever their intent was to go in there and, you know, do whatever they were doing with their cutting to be productive and efficient, except for they're not really concerned when they have that closure of what happens to the fascia inside. They're more concerned on what kind of a scar is going to be left behind because apparently knowing what the scar looks like is supposed to be representative somehow of the success of the surgery. And they're not really that concerned so much about the fascia. On the inside well that fascia might be twisted and distorted and pulled in a different way and things like that and that's going to put different pressures on the body on the inside where those adhesions are going to be stuck in different places and that's going to inhibit the movement of those internal organs which interferes with appropriate and proper and natural blood flow and nutrients flowing with metabolic waste products not being able to get out and then that area ends up getting problematic it ends up with a condition it ends up with a disease things like that so you want to make sure that all of that gets moved out. So touch is going to provide that stimulation to that area above where that adhesion is to be able to let the nervous system centralize on that area to be able to make sure there's flow of energy and oxygen and other things to that area so that way you don't end up with a neglected area that can't move on the inside with pain. Touch provides for a lot of different needs. So for example, maybe you need to get that nutrient flow in through your tissues underneath your skin. Touch is a nonverbal communication So, a lot of emotions and understanding can get understood just by touch. So, say somebody is crying and then somebody comes up to them and just touches their hand on their shoulder. Well, then that means I'm supporting you. It means I understand. It means you're not alone. It means I'm here. It means you don't have to say anything. It means all kinds of different things for different reasons and different people. Okay. Soft touch can provide laughter and giggles and all kinds of things. It can also provoke all different Different kinds of feelings from things that we don't really want to talk about. And that's not really what this episode is going to be focusing on, because as much as there is all kind of trauma in the world, and in a later episode, I definitely can talk about it. That's not what my intent is for today. So understand that, yes, I'm completely aware that touch can be utilized in a way that isn't beneficial for somebody, but that is not the focus of this episode today. My focus on talking about touch is how beneficial and necessary it is for survival. But To acknowledge that even safe sensual touch is the antidote to touch trauma. And I briefly just want to acknowledge that some people who have had traumatic touch experiences have been able to empower themselves by being in control of the type of touch that they allow and even bringing that across the boundary, so to say, into a pain aspect where pain is pleasure for them. That's been empowering for them to do and that is completely normal. And then, of course, as long as it's consensual with whoever is involved. And even basic things like if some kind of an insect landed on your skin your body would alert your brain through your nervous system something just went on you well then you can look over and you can knock that bug off or you can feel that some type of animal is getting really close to you or you can feel if something is too hot and you're about ready to get burned such as like a fire or a stove or pan that just got done being on a burner that was on that now got turned off or like a cake pan that just came out of the oven that you weren't aware of or something like that so the sense of touch is a huge, huge, hugely important aspect of life that keeps people safe. It keeps them alive. It keeps their bodies working and moving. And it's a way to provide for communication needs and for overall health and well-being. So even somebody who say they're not in a relationship with anybody else, they don't have a family, they might have casual acquaintances, maybe at work or through the different activities that they do throughout the day, places where they socialize at, things like that. So even if somebody might have a lot of verbal communication with somebody without a sense of touch being provided for, they're really missing out on a huge aspect of life. People that are in that situation, I strongly recommend finding a massage therapist that you can connect with, that you feel comfortable with. Go ahead and call people up, interview them, ask them questions, see if you can do a mini session. Or a lot of times people will set up an appointment for one massage just to try out a new person and then see how you get a Along with them, see how the session goes, see how well they listen to you because it is a communication and touch is a conversation. And as much as people might not realize how intimate that can be, but on a very safe level, it really, really is. Some people think massage is not therapeutic. When I was in school, a lot of people we called different types of massage fluff and buff because those were just like a luxury, right? Stereotypical kind of luxury massage where you just go in so somebody touches you fluffy, fluffy, you feel better. It's so much more than that. It's not to be disregarded as something that's not deeply beneficial and therapeutic, even if it's not a deep tissue massage. Depending on what people can handle as far as what they can tolerate and how deep of a touch they can handle or they want or makes them feel good or safe or whatever, that is a completely different aspect. But there's also the therapeutic benefit of a conversation, of being able to acknowledge, hey, I'm alive, I exist, I make a difference, I can do something that causes an interaction with somebody else. I've had appointments before where people don't talk at all whatsoever. And it's just specifically for the therapeutic benefit of having that interaction where their skin gets stimulated. And it's not just only for bringing circulation throughout the body, but actually stimulating their nerve endings and their skin to be able to bring them out of their minds and into their bodies and be able to focus on their physicality and the here and the now and just living and being. It's a huge stress releaser. So another thing that people might not even think about on a conscious level is Being touched in a respectful way is a form of acceptance. So when somebody gives you the benefit of the interaction of them on a physical level of touch, that's an acceptance. So depending on what level you look at it from, it could just be like, hey, I accept you. You're a cool person. I like you. You're good. Hey, you're the same as me. All the way up until flirting or, oh, this is just funny or cute or, oh my goodness, or, you know, it doesn't have to be flirting. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be anything at all. Like that. It could just be that basic respect of acknowledgement of another human being and accepting them and knowing that when somebody touches you, that you're accepted, that you're good, that they acknowledge that you are worthy of existing. And it might not seem very common sense, but not everybody feels that they're worthy. In fact, most people feel that they're not. Most people feel that they have to prove themselves, that they have to go out into the world and prove why they're worthy of existing and quite honestly just. Just the fact that you are alive proves that you're worthy of existing because you do exist. So a lot of times people reach out for that validation through sex and lovers when really it's not necessary. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to them to be able to go through the act of sex just so that way they can have that physical kind of touch that people so yearn for. Now another aspect that I want to talk about, which is extremely, extremely important when you go to the doctor, is touch. So many people go to the doctors now and they don't even do physical exams anymore, Doctors don't even do physical exams anymore. This blows my mind. I don't understand that. You go to a typical, I'm going to say a typical, conventional doctor's office, and what do they do? They might have a nurse or a medical assistant or a different staff person take your vitals. So maybe they'll actually wrap a blood pressure cuff around your arm. Maybe they just have a machine that tell you to stick your arm through, and it's all done by a machine, and a person doesn't do anything except for look at the monitor and see what number to write down. So that's even less touch right there. Nobody really feels the forehead anymore or does a physical exam. Like I was saying, if you go into a typical doctor's office, that's an MD or a DO, conventional medicine, there usually isn't even time for a physical exam. They rush in the room. They ask you what's going on. They ask you about your medications. They ask you about your side effects, They ask you if you want a different medication instead. And how often do they actually do a physical exam? How often do they actually give you a gown to wear, give you a cover that you can put at your waist, expose your and actually feel. How often do they actually do that? When was the last time you went to the doctor and actually had them do a physical exam on you? More than just sticking a scope in your ear or looking in your mouth or something like that, but literally actually palpating you. Palpating is a doctor word for touching. So that way it sounds more appropriate when you're at the doctor's office because if the doctor says, here, hold on, let me touch you, that might not necessarily sound very appropriate or come across the right way. But if the doctor is saying that they want to palpate your liver or they want to palpate your abdomen to check and see if you have any abnormal growths, then that doesn't sound unusual for a doctor to do. Now, the way that medicine has come around where it's kind of ridiculous, I think, that going to the doctors is called medicine right now, which if you think about it, medicine is your medication, which means that conventional medicine going to the doctor is correlated to getting medicine. Everything is there, plain for people to hear. Most people don't correlate it that way though. But when you go to the doctors, you should be getting touched. Like the doctor should be doing a physical exam on you. They should be checking your heart rate checking your lungs. They should be checking your skin. They should be checking your abdomen. They should be checking to see the texture of your hair. They should actually be physically touching you through a physical exam. That's part of being a doctor. Those kinds of skills are often lacking and aren't provided for anymore. Naturopathic doctors do that. We do that. We take the time to actually pay attention to our patients and our clients, depending on the terminology that the doctor that you go to uses. Again, I say clients. Some people say patients. So we actually do a physical exam, we actually check and see what your back looks like, what your arms look like, what your feet look like. You know how many things get missed because doctors don't actually take the time to do a physical exam to see what a baseline is on a new patient, to see what's going on with a client, to see, hold on a minute, let me, let me, you're saying that your stomach hurts, hold on, let me feel, tell me if this causes you any pain. Doctors are supposed to be doing that. With everything that I'm talking about today, touch is so extremely important and it is lacking in our society. It's lacking with our children when they grow up, it's lacking in our families. It's lacking in our friendships. It's lacking in our relationships. It's lacking in our community. Oftentimes, people are so afraid of being physically involved with other people in appropriate ways, they completely resort to pets as their source of touch stimulation. Because you know what? A pet isn't going to be afraid of you. A pet is going to come right up and sit on your lap or let you pet them or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter if your pet is a mouse or if it's a rat or a snake or a cat or a dog or, you know, whatever kind of a pet it is, when you have that kind of compassion and acceptance for touch, it provides a therapeutic benefit. And that's something that we need more of, at least in the society that I grew up in. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you liked what I had to say today, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you're looking for a naturopathic doctor, or there's some things that you need to talk about to somebody, go ahead and give me a call. You can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S-T dot M-E. This is Dr. Francis saying, enjoy, have fun. And until next time...